We're back. We're back. It's been far too long. It has, hasn't it? We have been trying to do a podcast for all of this week. Yeah, I think life's got in the way. Life has now found a way. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Move on. (laughs) Yeah, we've been a bit busy doing Line of Duty podcasts recently. That's kind of taken over the feed, hasn't it? The two instant reaction Line of Duties that we've done recently. Literally takes ten minutes to do that. I know, but still... (laughs) It well, it's ten minutes for me to do that, so Well yeah, it does actually that's right. It does take ten minutes for you to, because you're not the one sitting up till, you know, eleven o'clock, half past eleven, sometimes midnight, editing a podcast, desperately trying to get it out the same day. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but anyway, if you are interested in Line of Duty, if you do watch it, we've um, been doing some instant reaction line of duty pods, uh, which we've called Urgent Exit Required. And if you are not watching it, like, what are you doing? Stop listening to us. <laughs> well, sorry, finish listening to us. Or at least make sure it downloads so that we get the stat and we feel glad about <laughs> yeah. this. But then go and watch it. It's all on the iPlayer. It's and brilliant. I think it's the best British TV show that we... We're so ex- we were so excited when that first episode came on. Yeah, we? it was really good. And it, it's continued to be great. Anyway, not a Line of Duty podcast. Got one of them already. <laughs> we're going to talk about what we've been watching other than Jed Mercurio's Line of Duty. And it's about a month since we've done an episode, so and there is so much to talk about. We didn't about. know this, did we? We thought we'd done one fairly recently until your mum, hello Linda, said, oh, you haven't done one for a while. And it's, yeah, and like Easter's just caught up on us, hasn't it? We can't mm. believe it's Easter this weekend. So, yeah, we're very busy, um, both <laughs> in our personal and work lives. Yes. So we've got nothing to actually do, but we're still very busy all the time. <laughs> so being parents and, yeah. But yeah, so shall we get straight into it? Yeah, let's go for it. We've about. got loads to talk about. Some from like quite a while ago that we watched. So let's catch up. Yeah. Watching television, watching television. Should we do the terror? Okay, I don't think you would start with that. But okay, let's do that one. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we have no running order. So the terror was something you introduced me to. I don't think I would have picked up on this unless you had told me about it it was something that you had heard um one of our favorite podcasts bold move um jim and aaron from bold move who i kind of feel like we know even though we don't know them bold move not bold move am i saying it wrong yeah yeah emphasis on bold rather than move you say it bold move okay bold move is it meant to be a pun or like a play on words or something that i'm not getting I don't think this really needs to be in the podcast, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a it's an in joke that they had between them, um, when playing chess. Oh, um, okay. Like bald move, Mister M- Mister Picard. Oh right, I I've never ever yeah, I've always wondered what it means, but have n- never had the moment to ask. But I have now, funnily enough, whilst recording. <laughs> but you had told me that Jim and Aaron from Bald Move. Yes. got that right had spoken about the terror. The terror came out a little while ago then. came out in 2018 in America. And I think it came out here around the same time, but it was on Stars Play, which is not something that we have. I don't think a lot of people in the UK have. Although they've got loads of stuff. I think they it's an offshoot of an American network. It's kind of a mini streaming service. You get it through Amazon. Oh, right. So it's not sort of one of the channels you would typically get on your... Sky, your Virgin, your whatever. No, it's a, it's just, it's like Netflix or mm. something like that. But you have to pay extra on top of your, on top of your Amazon Prime to get access to the Stars Play channel. In and what there. would you typically? Sorry, I'm just asking you Thanks loads of questions. Like, what would you typically get on Star? What would you get on Stars Play? Please don't say the Terror. The Terror. <laughs> um. So they get a lot of Hulu shows. Oh, I think this might be why. Disney have launched Star because they're now aiming to put a lot of their Hulu shows on there. Right. But things like the High Fidelity TV show went on to Star's Play in the UK. Didn't watch that, did we? Well, no, because we've not got Star's Play. Oh, okay. Stop, stop <laughs> making me say Star's Play. Okay. But anyway, so it was on Star's Play, but when lockdown came and the BBC, people stopped making TV, the BBC bought the rights to this and certain other things, which are also on Star's Play, such as Harlots and things like that. I know we haven't gone on to talk about what the terror is about, but just while I'm thinking about it, it does feel very much like a BBC show. If you hadn't told me that it was on Star's Play or another channel, Mm. 
I would have thought this was made for the BBC. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's, it's an American show, although it's obviously largely a British cast. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely a, an American show. And yeah, it's only been due to COVID that the BBC have bought it in. Do you want to give a synopsis of what the terror is about? Yeah, so this is a crew of two ships that are going to... Are they going mining or... I think they're just exploring. Okay. <laughs> this is a great synopsis yeah. already. But they're exploring the Arctic? Have I got that they're right? Exploring, yeah, they are travelling through the Arctic and are forced to anchor up because winter hits and they can't get any further and stuff happens. Yeah, that's a good synopsis. And they are called... One One of the ships is called the Terror yes. and the other one is called Erebus? Something. Something yeah. or Erebus. Erebus. Er- Erebus. I think it's Erebus. And you've got the two captains. You've got Kieran Hines playing a guy called Franklin, I think, on the Terror. Yes. And um, you've got Jared, not Leto. Jared Harris. Thank you. Um, on the other ship. Yes. Or maybe it's the other way around. Is Jared Harris on the Terror? You can tell I've really taken in a lot of uh, information about the show. Well, I think this is the thing about this. I watched the first two episodes. I was really I watched the first two enjoyed it, you. and I was excited by it. Yeah, but I've had no, no excitement to watch anymore. Really, I wondered this because I've been wanting to watch. I've, I mean, I've have been doing that thing where I've nearly watched one while you've been doing other things. But I I really want to see what happens next. I think there's a there's a paciness to it. If you hadn't have watched it with me, I would have seen the entire season by now. I think this is down to my own personal bias. Um, I just it, I really enjoy it when we watch it, but it just doesn't excite me to. It doesn't inspire me to watch the next episode. Is this because it's set at a time where electricity hasn't been running for fifty years or something? Well, I think it probably, you know what you're like. I think it probably is. I think electricity is in the world at this time. Yeah, but, but they're it's... on a boat. They are isolated. And yes. Therefore, yeah, largely living a, a life without electricity. Long-term listeners will will know that Mark does not particularly like films that are set in period. That's type. not true. It's period not that... times is not a word, but you know what I mean. It's not that I don't like them. It's just that they don't excite me. There's really good films like that I've seen. Like Gladiators is a really good film. Mm-hmm. Too long, obviously. <laughs> more of that later um but it really yeah i just don't i've never put on gladiator even though i know it's a good film really yeah i've seen gladiator once and that's oh, it god i would i'd put it on like every week i think it's a brilliant film but this is the difference between you and me isn't it i love a period piece yes and you're not necessarily keen although you did once watch the whole of the bbc version of pride and prejudice for me in a week and that was very, very kind. Like, I've wanted to watch it for ages, and you sat, and you were interested, and I couldn't believe it. Um, so, yeah, props yeah. to you on that. Mr. Darcy in a Pond. Exactly. That's all I remember. <laughs> I don't even know what his first name is. Is it Mark? Is it Mark in that? I don't or... think... Not in Pride and Prejudice. It's, I oh, it's Fitzwilliam. Fitzwilliam Darcy in the book. It's Mark Darcy in Bridget Jones' Jones. Diary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got really scared, um, just to go back to the terror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got really scared in episode one, and a little bit in episode two, to the point where I was putting the pillow sort of up near my eyes and trying to, like, not quite look at the... It is quite creepy. Oh, very much so, yeah. It's very is, atmospheric. Like I say, stuff happens. There are natives from around the Arctic region that they are sailing through that... that Get involved with the with the storyline, and there's there's a a lovely subtle piece of work there, isn't there? In terms of here are um Brit- British and Irish men, as far as we're we're aware from what we can see, traveling to distant lands yes. and essentially running complete roughshod over the people who actually live there. You yes. know, there's a lot of the colonialism and racism and. There's a there's a lot going on there, but done very subtly, which I enjoyed. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm really keen to keep going with this. Can we can we watch another episode soon? We can. There are there are worse TV shows that I'm watching that I'm more. I think this is goes to my own personal biases. There are worse TV shows that we're watching that I am more interested in seeing the next episode of. So do you want to watch 
more of this or are you giving up on it? Oh, no, no, no. I, I want to. But I would much rather, here's a segue, mm. watch an episode of The Flight Attendant. Okay. Which in no way is a better show. I think The Terror is a better made TV show than The Flight Attendant. Oh, I'm not sure I agree. I just think they're two completely different shows. Mm. The Terror is a period piece about... Um, men m- mostly I think there's one woman who's appeared but men going travelling yeah. in you know whatever century it is and coming a cropper did you know that um, just before we moved to the flight attendant did you know that it was a real a real uh, incident that occurred and all the men in it so Kieran Hines J- Jared Harris the guy from The Crown, whose name escapes me, he plays Prince Charles, not Prince Charles, Tobias Prince Menzies. Thank you. Um, they're all playing real people. These were real explorers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Just Real story is an interesting one there. No, but yes. th- things happened and no one knew what happened. Yeah. So this is obviously filling in the marks. And um, there's a series, um, a season two, but it's set in a um, prisoner of war camp. A Japanese prisoner of war camp. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That I think so. Going back to bold move, they were really set to cover that from start to finish, but I just don't think they got into it. It didn't get the same. Um, since then, didn't get the same hype as season one. Okay. And I, I think I don't think they've written off doing a series three, but I've not heard anything about it. So, so the terror is is that just to go back to the original point I was making. The flight attendant yes. in comparison. Is jaunty. It's dark humor. It's very modern. So they're two completely different shows. Yes. But I can understand why you enjoy watching the flight attendant because it is. I mean, it goes so quickly. Mm. The people are so interesting. It's an easy watch. I love Kelly Quirker. See, I do not know who she is. I've followed her career all the way from. So, remember when Freeview first came out? Yes. There was this weird channel, because I was living at home at the time, and I got Freeview in my room, and there was this weird channel called ABC One that wasn't on Sky, and it only aired during the day. So on a, if I had a day off from work, I used to put it on, and it was always Eight Simple Rules. Eight is, Simple Rules? Yeah, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Is, okay. It was a, it's an American sitcom. It starred the guy from Three's Company, John Ritter. Okay. I think he passed away after the second series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had the woman from Married with Children as the mum, and then three children, one of which is Kaylee Quirker. I don't know if that's even how you pronounce it. And she was by far the most interesting thing about it. Then that went off after, I think, three seasons, and she joined Charmed, which I never watched. But then she appeared in The Big Bang Theory. So this person who I like followed all the way through, and obviously she's a very, very stunning girl. Beautiful. So when yeah. I, in my mid twenties, that was oh, a, I can a imagine, very big, yeah. yeah, massive crush. And then she became one of the best paid actresses on TV. And it's so weird because every single show you've just mentioned there, never seen them once, not even an episode, not even uh, maybe on a clip when awards season or something like that. But I've never been into those big American sitcom laughter track shows. But clearly, she's had this brilliant career. Big Bang Theory, I think, was all right. Um, but I mean, she—I uh, think she got some controversy because I think she kissed, uh, spoke out against the feminist movement at first, and then a couple of years later said, "Look, I probably didn't understand the question. Like, I'm—I'm I'm very feminist. I get paid the same as my male co-stars." And mm. um, it's mean, difficult, she, isn't it, when someone asks you a question and then it can be taken in a completely different yeah. way? But yeah, she's, I mean, she was paid a million an episode for the last few series of the wow. um, Big Bang Theory. So yeah, she, is, she has made a lot of herself. And I think this is her big thing after that finished. Mm. So this is the story of a flight attendant. She is single, enjoying life, shall we say. She is single hard. and ready to mingle. Yes. And she does that a lot. When we meet her, she is gets in from a night out and there is someone already in her bed who said, oh, you told me to meet me here. And she was like, oh, sorry, I need yeah, to, can get you to get work. Can you get out now? Yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> she travels to Thailand. She's serving the, the first class cabin, gets speaking to a passenger who's played by... And now I don't know how to say his name, but it's Michael Huisman. 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 Uh, who played the second Daria on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this now? Um, what part of it? No, I just, like, because we're still sort of, like, going in the synopsis, but 
I did not enjoy his Dario Naharis. And I don't think it's his fault. I think it's just because Ed Screen was the first one. Yes. And that, in my mind, became who Dario was. He was this giant of a man, very imposing. You know, Ed Screen's got those eyes, but he's physically very imposing as well, isn't he? Yeah. And then when Michael Wiseman, who is in no way not, like, not him, like, he's, he's a beautiful man, but he came along and he was just softer and they didn't seem to have the same connection, like with Daenerys. Sorry for anyone who different ha- recasting doesn't as well, wasn't care it? about Game of Thrones, but yeah, it was it was really different and different, and I just didn't get on with him. But I I really enjoy him in this show. We probably should have waited to get into that. Yeah, we? we probably should have. Done. So anyway, she gets chatting to <laughs> Michael Beesman. <laughs> yeah, when they get to Thailand, she meets up with him. He takes her out for a meal. She mm-hmm. wakes up in his bed. Very hungover, can't remember the night before, but he is beside her with his throat slit. The room is a mess, there is a broken glass bottle on the floor. And she does what is the interesting thing to do in this situation for a TV show, and she runs. And none of this is this, I'm like holding my breath a bit because I'm like, we're giving the gift. But none of this is this, but this is absolutely the setup for the, for the whole show. This is first act event. Yeah, I love this. I think this is so fun. It's so the the travel gets real yeah, wonderlust. Yeah, um, it's because she's she's traveling all over the place with her crew, who are sparky, and some of them don't like her. Some of them do. You know, there's a best friend who I'm not quite sure I trust. Rosie Perez, yeah. lovely to see her again. Yeah, I've not seen her for years, and then she's been in Birds of Prey, and this within a year. So uh, yeah, she did. Nice to see her back. She's got a best mate who's a lawyer as well, who I think was in Girls. Yeah, Zosia Mamet. She plays Shoshana, I think, in mm. Girls. Yeah, Shoshana. I don't really trust her. Well, she's a lawyer. You know. Well, no, but there is, yeah. Um, there is <laughs> points which I will tell you off air, which makes me think she is more involved about this. Oh, okay, interesting. Michelle Gomez turns up mm-hmm. um, from Doctor Who yeah. and Bad Education. Can't remember on bad edu- bad education as in the TV show or the film. the TV show right okay didn't watch it okay but uh, Doctor Who absolutely um, no from that yeah I think this is this is so fun but also incredibly dark oh because yes. you know she she doesn't just have a good time yes she has a problem yes. with alcohol and again that's very very early do- I think you might not pick up on it. Too, you know, it might have been subtle for some people, but straight away for me, I was going, this this woman isn't just going out and having a few drinks and enjoying herself with her mates and being a bit hungover. Yeah. She is using alcohol to numb And to pain. get through a day. Yeah. 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 She is seeing the, the, through flashbacks. She is speaking to her memory of Michael Hoosman. Mm. Um, really reminds me of American Werewolf in London when Jack who is the, the friend who suffer, suffers a death in American Wild in London, when he starts reappearing to his mate. Okay, that's interesting. I've not mm, seen it for years. Really, really reminds me, because he, when Jack comes back, he is... Um, He's being really sort of like sarky and like, oh god, well, I'm you know, I'm only just dead, you know, like and rolling his eyes a bit. And I think that's a little bit of how Michael Hoosman, we're gonna to have to learn how to say his name, um, is is playing it. He's he's very much playful and funny and you know, he's he's there as sort of like little voice on a you know, like little um what a little thing on your shoulder that's sort of whisper <laughs> please don't look at me like that. But you know, like your little voice in your head. <laughs> yeah. Little voice in your head that's like saying funny the things devil to you. On your yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, but it's not really the. De- anyway, let's let's move on from this. So strange we've done analogy. the terror. We've done American Werewolf in London. But yeah, it's a it's a brilliant show. Absolutely recommend it. I mean, I recommend the terror as well, but just for completely different reasons. Yeah, I think they're both really really good shows. This is on Sky Atlantic. No, it's not actually. This is on Sky One. Against all odds, is it? Yeah, it's a Sky One show. Weirdly, because. This is a HBO Max show. I really thought that they'd put this onto Sky Atlantic mm. or Sky Comedy. But yeah, it's Sky One, which is nice to see Sky One come back because I've not seen anything on Sky you One know for what? years. The way that the telly is now set out, um, or at least it is in our house, things just come up and it doesn't, you know, it says what it recommends for you to watch. Yeah. So I don't necessarily 
look at where the show comes from. That's weird and modern, isn't it? Can we talk about, and I want to call this Ant-Man and the Winter Soldier, but it's not, it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. (laughs) Is it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well? Because I think people are missing off the the at the beginning and that was annoying me the other day. Yeah, they're missing it off because it doesn't, it's not there. Are you sure? Should we look at it? Do you want to look that up, Pet? Oh, I'm I'm so hoping I'm right on this. I'm not convinced you are. It's the sort of thing I would pick up. And indeed I have. I am looking at the screen and it's called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's in America, it's not called the UK. <laughs> <It did. laughs> I'm so good about that. Oh, at least it's not the one division. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But this is this is sort of the it was meant to be the first um the first Marvel TV show, wasn't it? Yeah. And the then One Division came out first. Because One Division was more finished than this, I think it was in a more able state to be released. We've been doing One Division Fridays. We're now doing Falcon the Winter Soldier Fridays. What are your thoughts? I think it's fine. That's my my judgment on this. I think it's fine. I think I'm enjoying it more for the fact that we're continuing on doing a Friday thing. And that is really nice, I think, to have that sort of continuity in Quite life. Quite poster if you listen yeah. to Disney. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. You know, we we stop whatever we're doing, we, we make the time to sit and watch the show. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not particularly convinced by some of the dialogue. I really wanted a witty... I said to you when I watched the trailer, oh, it's Bad Boys for Life. And yeah. I was only half joking, but it was playing that with slow-mo. It was two men doing slow-mo. Things were exploding in the background. It really reminded me of that sort of buddy cop um, films of the 90s sort of thing. Yeah. And I was actually looking forward to that because I really like that sort of snappy dialogue between two um, two men who are mates and... I was waiting for that. Doesn't but, have to be men, you know. But yeah, it, I yes, I know that, darling. <laughs> but that—that's what we're getting in this show. Yes. So that's what I was sort of hoping for. Wow. But that's not what I'm getting. I think they're trying to do it, but it's not ringing true for me at all. There was some. There was a weird joke about Gandalf in episode two that just it it should have been hitting all of my buttons because they were talking about you know, fantasy drama and like talking about the book versus the film and and it just didn't work for me. The action's great. The first action scene in episode one is just like um the film, you know. I would I wouldn't have thought it was in a TV show. Yeah. But if I didn't see any more episodes, I wouldn't be devastated. I I'm with you on that. Um, I, th- I think you're correct. The first action sequence, which is, let's just say it takes place with helicopters, is like nothing I've ever seen in a TV show before. Right, it reminded me of Point Break. It reminded me of the last Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. With um, the Halo sequence. Yes. But the, uh, the plot on this has been quite boring. Mm-hmm. They've obviously decided to fill out the space that you get in a TV in a TV show with with more societal issues, and with one division they that it was a study of grief, but that was really well integrated into the plot. At this, they're doing a lot of um, race race stuff, mm. especially with um, Anthony Mackie's Falcon, but it doesn't seem to be integrated into the plot very well. It's it, it, yeah, he he goes and fights some people. But then he goes and gets turned down for a bank loan, and it, uh, this might get integrated into it later on. He's he goes and sees someone, and then he's harassed by the police a little bit. It it doesn't seem it seems like it's been they've needed to fill out an extra five minutes, and so they've put this in at this point rather than it actually being organically put into the plot. It it's the word I would think is it's clunky. Yeah. There are some really important points they're trying to make. So they're trying to make an you know, the fact that his his white mate doesn't get 
um, picked up by the police, or they actually say to him, "Is this man bothering you?" Absolutely. Which is just you know, in all these things, there's a um a plot line with uh, you find out there was a, a black superhero, super soldier, you know, pre previous mm. to what we know, but he was really mistreated. Yeah. And again, this is awful, but it it just seems clunky, and I can't quite explain why. Mm. It is to do with integration. It is to do with... It's almost like... I don't want to say like ticking off the numbers of, oh, we best put that in to make that point. We best put that in to make that point. But that's kind of how it how it feels. I think there are some really important discussions to be had, hmm. but it's not quite coming off. I totally, yeah, I totally agree there. And yeah, like I said, we're not belittling the points because that's no. a, we're obviously dancing around this because it's making really important points, but it just doesn't seem to be integrated into the plot as well as it was yeah, with the grief mm, and, and depression and, and the, depre yeah, 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 and loss in mm -hmm. in one division. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm happy that it's carrying on. I am looking forward to this Friday's episode, but it is one where I'm like. I mean, I was playing my phone at one point. It's just yeah, it was... I told you off. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, um... <laughs> are you watching it? Are you yeah. watching it? Oh, I just, it's one you said something like, "Oh, it's one that I can just like have on in the background," which I think is a it's something yeah. you couldn't say about WandaVision not at all. all. Um, th one thing that I would say, and it's I won't give away what his character is, but this is my first introduction to Wyatt Russell. <laughs> Were you about to say Earp? Yes, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Just sing it, dancing on your lips. <laughs> yeah, Wyatt Russell. Um, Who you talk about all the time. Yeah, and you know what? I've only seen him in one show, and that's Black Mirror. Yeah. And it was a couple of series ago um, for Black Mirror. It's not one of the recent ones. It's sort of like, I think it was a series two or series three. It's one of those. Yeah. But he, um, he, he had a whole episode where he was leading it. And I was, I thought he was such an interesting presence. I think it was one of his first roles. So really interested to see him in this because he he's clearly he's he's clearly grown up. Like he he has aged obviously, but he looks different. He presents himself differently in the in this show, and I think he's a fascinating screen presence. And I'm really pleased to see him in a show of this caliber, you know, a Marvel show yeah. um in the MCU and you know put right front and center. I think he's going to have what well, I hope he's going to have a brilliant career getting more and more interesting roles to take him forward. But one problem that I had with not with him but with scenes he's in there are super soldiers in this and there's people fighting them. And they can knock over the Winter Soldier and send him flying through windscreen, but then normal people fight them and they're just getting punched, and that mm, doesn't happen. It's yeah. just that inconsistency. Yeah, because he he. Well, yeah, I'm talking yes, about it, but yes. yeah, there was there was some. He, he people, plays a regular person. A regular person, so he doesn't have any superpowers. So how is you know he's he's just really strong. So, yeah, he's just a normal person mm. uh, who's uh, plays a it work, veteran. Works yeah. out. Yeah, mm. but the same with Falcon. Falcon's fighting these people, and Falcon. Can fly and has guns. But... Yeah, because he's got all the equipment though, hasn't yeah. he? He's got all the Tony Stark equipment that mm. gives him the the strength and the power and the wings and. We doesn't. No, he doesn't have strength. That's the point. He can... No, but what I mean yeah. is, that, you know, if someone punches him, they're not just punching straight into skin. They've, he's got all that. You know, yeah, he'll have all that, that stuff don't, don't on think... his body. No, he's not got an Iron Man suit. He's not. No, really. but he's like he won't. It won't be like a bit of cotton, will it? Maybe. <laughs> It's not nylon he's wearing. Anyway, we're arguing plot points of yeah. uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But yeah, it's fine, isn't it? It's fine. It's fine. I don't really understand where the plot's going yet. No. And we've watched nearly two hours of this, which I guess is another yeah. thing that's not going to appear on the first or any time soon. Mm. But, I mean, there's only six episodes. They've really got yeah, to get... This is this is the other point as well, is that it just feels like we're not... Where's it going to go? And are we going to go into the level of depth? And maybe this is why we're feeling that those important points about race are coming across in a in a way that seems seems to not be quite working. Yeah. Because they're shoving it all in and they're pushing it in, and there's only six episodes, so you want to get those points across, and maybe something lengthier. Yes. Would lend itself to a more mm. integrative more reflective piece i don't know absolutely um i really really yeah I, I, it's on disney plus 
they're releasing it week on week. I don't think that's the best decision. And they've had a discussion about this on the Pilot TV podcast recently. Mm. I think this would be better off uh, the way Daredevil was and the way Jessica Jones was, where you could go from one to the next. It doesn't seem like something like One Division that really yeah. presented itself to. Great weeks and yeah and maybe if we had the you know if it wasn't sort of falcon and the winter soldier fridays we could have moved on pretty quickly and maybe yeah. maybe gave it maybe it would have that movement and watch the terror yeah that's <laughs> true should we talk about a film yes let's talk about two films let's talk about two films yes Which one do you want to start with? Which film? Let's start with Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, because that was the one we watched quite a few weeks ago, wasn't it now? We rented this. We did. We paid money. After paying stupid amounts for all the streaming services, you said, should we just rent Judas and the Black Messiah? I've been desperate to watch this film, though, since I saw the trailer. It was last year, wasn't it? I saw the trailer. And I said to you, have you seen the trailer for this film? Which I know nothing about. But I just, people were raving about it. And I watched the trailer and I thought, wow, I haven't seen a trailer that powerful for such a long time. And I still didn't know what the story was about. I I kind of got a, got a vague point, you know, the vague yes. point of, of we were looking at the Black Panther Party and we were looking at um, Daniel Kaluuya, who was clearly in a lead role. And I knew there would be something to do with like the FBI or something and undercover police work, but that was all I all I knew. Yeah, so I'll just briefly go through the plot. This is Lakeith Stanfield playing Bill O'Neill. It's a true story who is he was a, a petty criminal who was picked up by the FBI and they wanted to put him within the Black Panthers organization uh, to keep an eye on Fred Hampton, who is the character played by Daniel Kaluuya who is a young, charismatic leader of the Chicago Black Panthers uh, chapter. And they need to discredit and stop their rising influence around mm. the city. So he was going to report back to, um, is it the, it is the FBI, is it? Yeah, Jesse Plemons. Yeah, plays yeah. Plays Roy Mitchell, the young FBI. Yeah, so um, he was going to report back. And he was also going to let them know, you know, bits of information, but also try and disrupt a little bit of what was what was going on. Yeah. True story. True story. So we've not really spoke about this since we watched it. No, we it. haven't. No. I get the feeling you loved this. <laughs> yeah. I um... get the feeling I thought it was a great film, but not quite as... No, I wasn't quite as enthusiastic as you were. Oh, uh, okay. I f- I found it incredibly powerful. You're going to say it's a five-star film, aren't you? I am going to say it's a five-star film, I yeah. I think it's a four-star film. But, but, well, we're not that far off, are we? No, no, no. no. I think the performances are superb. Um, we've we've talked about Daniel Kaluuya and we've talked about Lakeith Stanfield, but also the um, there's a an actress, uh, Dominique Fishback. Have yes, I got that right? You're looking right. up on IDP yeah. for me. Um who is up, I think she's up for, or was she up for like Rising Star at the at the BAFTAs or something like that? I'm sure she's she's been up for something else. But, she's up for Best Supporting Actress. But she's up for Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars. And she's also, no, she's Or at not, the BAFTAs. She's up for Best Supporting Actress at right. the BAFTAs. Okay. Which I'm really, really pleased about. I think her performance is so delicate and subtle playing someone who is an an activist yes. and a poet and a writer but also someone who is who finds themselves in in love with you know the the leader of of the this particular part of the of the black panthers Re- i really love that performance and there is one scene in particular towards the end of the film where she just you know the acting. I I couldn't. Oh, I don't know how you do that, and you know which scene I'm yes, I'm absolutely. talking about. But yeah. I just don't know how you make that choice to act in 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 that manner. Um, I know she will have spoken to her real life counterpart and yes. understood what what she did at, at that point in time. But you have to be able to p- p- bring that to the screen. Yes. I think she is phenomenal. 
I I totally agree. I think the three the three leads in this who are um Lakeith Sandfield, Daniel Kaluuya, and Dominique uh, Fishback, is it? I think they all absolutely should be. Well, they're all well. The two well, males they are, are up they? for yeah. Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, Lakeith Stanfield in Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, the same as Daniel Kalu. It's I don't know what's happened there. Whether the the com the film um company has put them in for that. Do you know what's happened? No, Lakeith Stanfield was put forward as leading actor, oh. but has garnered enough votes in the supporting actor category. I'm okay. not sure how that happens, mm. but yeah. Daniel Kaluuya is going to win the Oscar if he doesn't. I really hope so. If he doesn't, that is a absolute crime. But, you know, my worry is that the, the vote's going to split. You know, whenever you've got some supporting roles or even actor, best actor, you know, whatever it is, with one film, when it splits like that, it's very difficult. I love, I mean, I love both performances. Mm. Um, I think Daniel Kaluuya has the more... I'm not not belittling his performance. I think he has the more obvious moments mm. as his charismatic leader. He's on there making the speeches. Mm. I think Lakeith Stanfield, because he changes during this film, and when you see him meeting his FBI contacts, like Jesse Plemons, from the start to the finish, he's a different character. Mm. And I think that is so tough. I mean, I, I love Lakeith Stanfield in Atlanta. Um, I think he plays and he plays such a different character. He has such a future ahead of him in mm-hmm. uh, acting. Well, I um, think he's got one now. You yeah, could say. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but he has come out of nowhere in the past sort of three, four years to really rise up through okay. this. Through he's, he's not even thirty yet. Oh God! Right, see, I yes. didn't realize that. Right, okay, I take it all back. Yeah, <laughs> he's not even thirty. He's been in Knives Out. He's been in Sorry to Bother You. He's been in Atlanta. Um, he is so so good in every single thing I've seen him in. Wasn't he also in Get Out with Daniel Kaluuya yes, as yeah, well? Yeah, a smaller role in that, but yeah, yeah he is. Um, I really really enjoy everything I've seen him in. I almost take Daniel Kaluuya for granted now. Um, I know what a what a. I mean, he's had such a career as well. Like thinking about Get Out. Thinking about, um, he was in the first series of Black Mirror. He was, I was just about to say a Black Mirror, um, Black Mirror moment again yeah. with this. Um, just absolutely brilliant. He was, I mean, there was Widows, which was kind of a warm up. He plays a gangster in Widows, and he was almost like, not a gangster in this, but he has the attitude that he has in this. Also in Queen and Slim last year. Yes, that's. I was trying to think, what else have we seen him in recently? And yeah, I mean, such a transformative transformative performance from him every single time he seems to play a different character Mm. Um, and you get a real sense of um, that this was a role that was important to him and I just I felt that coming through in the performance that he went and looked at this guy and was trying, you know, really learn about him yes. and wanted to portray him accurately mm. and the, the struggle um, of the, you know, incredibly overt racism against the people within the Black Panther Party and indeed yeah. in the black community. I've got two slight quibbles with it. And I think these are probably quite petty, but maybe not. Towards the end of the film, there is an indication of the age of both Fred Hampton and Bill O'Neill, the characters played by Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. And we both went, hang on, really? Yeah, they're very young. And for me, that takes away a lot of the impact of this, because these are people who are far younger than than the characters, than the actors who play them. Yes, okay. And I can get away with Daniel Kaluuya playing someone a lot younger than him. But I think it takes away it takes away some of the impressiveness of, of Fred Hampton as a person mm. to know that he's this charismatic leader at I think he's twenty one. Yeah, it's, he's very young, isn't he? Yeah. And Bill O'Neill is even younger than that. I wish that they'd somehow integrated that earlier. And like I said, I've seen Nano Two on Earth. I've seen thirty year olds play um play teenagers before now. I've seen the karate kid. Yes. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Ah, Ralph. Ralph <laughs> Macchio, forever young. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it totally takes away from 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 the subjects of it. This I can understand that, and I've heard other people say that as well. And that it it 
it's nothing against the actors or the way that they have played the roles, but it it does make you sit up and think, wow, they were that young. And we haven't been thinking that all the way through. We haven't been thinking, wow, this is impressive for a 20-year-old. We've been thinking, oh, these are people who have seen life. Yes. There is one other thing. Martin Sheen's makeup. Oh, now you... Yeah, I do get that. I, d- I did not appreciate the Martin sheen role at all really to be quite honest with you martin sheen plays j edgar hoover obviously head of the fbi and quite an agenda um going against the black panthers he's known now that he is he mainly hired white men who had something to prove Uh, yeah history does not reflect well on j edgar hoover no it certainly doesn't but it it looks like it looks like michael sheen in panto. In, in, yeah, because it, it, at one point I think I turned to you, didn't I? And go, is that Michael? Not Michael Sheen. Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. I'm with Michael Sheen. Is Martin that, is Sheen that... would do a better job. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is Martin Sheen. Michael Sheen would do a better job. <laughs> like, you're so yeah. confusing me now. <laughs> yeah, um, I did say it's that Martin Sheen in makeup and it just dawned on me that it, indeed that is what was happening. Yeah. So, I don't think that should take a star rating off, but you know, it's your it's your rating, so I'm not going to get into an argument about it. I mean, we're not covering it tonight, but I've just seen Coming to America. God. And in 1987, in the original, Eddie Murphy is unrecognisable playing a white Jewish man. Mm-hmm. You can do makeup where mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. transforms people without it looking that bad. Yeah. Fair enough. Still don't think it knocks the star off. Well, let's not go back into Inside Out. (laughs) Don't be bringing that... Honestly, you cannot let that go, can you? No, I'm still gutted about that. Yeah, Mm. anyone who doesn't know about the Inside Out uh, debacle might need to go back into our back catalogue and uh, have a listen to one of the earlier episodes. Should we talk about it now? Oh, Justice League. Justice League. I had to to think about that. What is it that you want to bring up on the podcast? Yes, let's do Justice League. Again, we have not discussed... We save everything for this, but and it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, history of Justice League is an interesting one, isn't it? Because this is... We, we're calling it Justice League, but this is Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that's very pointed on the film. Yes. Because it's at the beginning, then it's directed by Zack Snyder, and then it's... Zack Snyder's Justice League, you know, everything is, you know, it is, it is nothing, they are shouting from the rooftops, this is nothing to do with Joss Whedon. Uh, yes, and yeah, <laughs> rightly so, but, so a brief history of this, um, Zack Snyder, he owns the DC universe, as people said, the, the Snyder Not legally. The, no, but he's... <laughs> Sorry, the he, lawyer in me has come yeah, out, but so, he doesn't yeah, so own it. He directed Man of Steel. He yeah. directed Batman versus Superman. Are they saying in some circles that he is like the Kevin Feige? I think they're saying he should be. Right, okay. Um, he was directing the Justice League, which is the big Avengers-type assembly of all the superhero, all the main superheroes from the DC universe. Mm-hmm. When his family suffered a personal tragedy, yeah, um, he tried to still carry on directing it, but he had to step away from the project. Very understandable. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Joss Whedon was brought in, who obviously big name in TV, but yeah. then also directed the two the first two Avengers films uh, to much financial and critical success. Did he do the first two, did he? Yeah, he did Age of Ultron as well. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, maybe I just thought that he did Age of Ultron. I didn't realise that he'd done two. I didn't realise he'd done the first one as well. Yeah. Would yeah. You, was that called Avengers Assemble, but now they've just changed it to The Avengers? So, it was called... Avengers Assemble in some territories. It was called Marvel's The Avengers uh, because they didn't want it to get mixed up with the horrible late 90s. It's not horrible. It's got Diana... What's her face in it? Well, the the remake film. Oh, right. Thurman. Okay, I'm thinking... Is it Uma Thurman and Liam Neeson? It's Uma Thurman and someone. I thought you were talking about like the TV show. No, I think they... Well... Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, that, that was on anyway going off on the but yeah, Zack Snyder is kind of like the man, isn't he, for, yeah. for this. So he's he brings all the people together in the Justice League. Joss Whedon takes over because he's having to step away. 
and it's not a well-received film, Justice League, as it, the original. Absolutely not. That's an understatement. And mm. I remember nothing from that no, film. No, I remember Justice nothing League. about it as well, because we were saying, weren't we, like, is this bit in the mm. original? And can't really remember. So there was instantly a backlash from a lot of the fans, and there was a hashtag release the Snyder Cut of some very toxic fandom um, latched onto that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I think it needs to be said. It really needs to be said. That there were there were people, journalists who they went after, very often female journalists. And the wonderful Helen O'Hara, who we know from... We don't know, we her, don't know her. But we, like, we, we know of her from Empire Magazine mm. and um, the Empire Podcast, which we listen to very, yeah. very, very, very regularly. Um, she wrote this brilliant forensic piece. I, rem- I do remember saying this to you at the time. This is before any of this occurred. Saying, oh, Helen O'Hara's written this piece in a, in a broadsheet taking apart all of the arguments that were presented to her by people who weren't necessarily doing it in a constructive way. No. But she absolutely, point by point, I think she trained to be a barrister at one point, so she's, yes. she's got that, that legal background. And that's probably why I really floated towards it. She took it apart and she said, look, I have spoken to people on the ground. Mm. This, this magical thing that you think is locked in a basement somewhere yeah. doesn't actually exist. And yes. she was right. Then Warner Brothers needed something to launch the HBO Max service. Absolutely. So they went to Zack Snyder and said, come on then, yeah. release the, we'll release the Snyder Cut. We will give you some money. And gave him 75 to $80 million to mm-hmm. finish it. Mm-hmm. Which obviously then shows that the, it wasn't there in the first place. Uh, this has taken the best part of a year to complete. Um, so I think there was a lot of footage shot that was thrown away. But... Um, has been reinstated, reinstated for this version. And I think he's taken every frame and done something to it. He said there's not a single shot in this cut, in his version, that was in the Whedon's, whether it be the p- colour palette has changed mm. or some frames just aren't there and so you move very quickly. It's different. It's got a different term edit. All these scenes Quickly with... is not something that comes to mind <laughs> with this film. Well, I'm thinking of all the scenes with Henry Cavill's um, Superman with his dodgy top lip. Yes. Um, because in the original, when because they did the reshoots... He had a moustache from filming the last Mission Impossible film. Yes. And... Um, they wouldn't, the Mission Impossible people wouldn't let him sort of Shave take, it take it off. Yeah, well, why would they? No, yeah, they wouldn't have to. Yeah. But so that meant that they digitally removed it in the original and yeah. it's just, I'm, I'm touching my top lip because it's, it's just valley, isn't it? really, and it's the teeth as well mm. underneath it doesn't yeah. look right. This is an improvement. I agree. I'm glad you said that. It's not a massive improvement for me. Oh, interesting. So I think there's two, I've got two problems with this. This physically could not be any longer, this film. There is slow motion shots every five seconds, and it's not even action. It's Lois Lane going to get a cup of fucking coffee. Oh, I quite like that. And it's her walking down the street slowly with some big booming music. It's sad music. We see some Icelandic ladies singing for a minute to, to Aquaman. This is the... Oasis is all around the world of films <laughs> with two key changes and six minutes at the end of na 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 na. There's three, there's three scenes at the end of the film in a postscript in a. Yeah. It's the epilogue. Epi- the, epilogue. the epilogue. We'll come to that. Okay. And everyone gets a lot more to do in this. Of course they do. It's four hours long. <laughs> if you, you to be really hard to not have everyone do anything long if Dumbo was four hours long everyone would have more stuff to do stop telling me that everyone has more stuff to do it's obvious that that's going to be the case Ray Fisher has had a really bad time out of Joss Whedon he's spoken out and he has called out Joss Whedon for his uh, for his attitude towards him the way he was dressed and took a lot of crap from the internet for this and when you see how much of his performance was cut out of the original he's a bystander and the actual original cut was shown on ITV2 on Saturday night and we kind of put it on. We caught the end of it, didn't we? Yeah. He has a beginning, middle and end to this. Yeah. He has such emotional moments and he is really the heart of this film mm. in the Snyder Cut. 
he has nothing to do in the weed and cut at all. But it does feel like he he goes through four different journeys during this during this film. It's someone who he's introduced, then his arc comes completely to an end. Um, they rushed this film. They rushed this film in release in the first place. And if there had been a if there had been a cyborg film before that so we could be introduced to this character i think it would work a lot better agreed and the same with the flash as well um played by ezra ezra miller Miller. um again i mean i don't know whether i'm going to agree that it's a better take on the flash than the whedon version because i don't really remember the whedon version too much but he's meant to be this sparky character, which you do you do have. He's got the quick wit dialogue. He obviously is very fast. Um, I didn't mind him as much in this, but I didn't really know him. And like you say, with Cyborg, you you don't have that backstory that you have with um, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, for example. You understand a bit about Batman, the the Affleck Batman, mm. when I'm st- which I'm still not particularly on board with. But I'm always going to be Team Val Gilmer, so you know I'm never going to move away from that. You kind of know them more, and therefore your cyborg and uh, I mean Yakuman as well to a certain extent, and your Flash are sort of the like these side characters. It doesn't seem to be this coming together of of this team that are all equals. I mean, Aquaman is introducing this, and we have seen since this scene an Aquaman film, but Aquaman is introducing this, and it doesn't really have much to do in this cut. No, he he doesn't, and there wasn't that much. I didn't really learn much about him other than he's grumpy, and the Green Goblin from um the uh, the Tobey Maguire <laughs> Spider Men films <laughs> turns up at one point to sort of to guide him along on his way. And Amber Heard. What is him? What is his name? Willem Dafoe. Thank you. I I'm sure I did this a few episodes ago where I completely forgot Willem Dafoe's name and made the same Green Goblin joke. Yeah. This doesn't need to be four hours long. I like the four hours longness of it, right? Don't please don't look at me like that. <laughs> it's not divorce time yet. I like the four hours of it, but only because it was broken into these parts. So we did like nearly a part a night, didn't we? Or part yeah. a day. You know, we took it and you were saying, Oh, can I watch the next part? Can can I watch can we watch the next part now? Because I'd already seen a few of them and then we sort of start mm. from the beginning again. And I really enjoyed that segmented nature of the inverted commas film. I don't feel this as a film. I feel this is more like a mini series or just a show. I don't I just don't feel it's a cinematic release. Although clearly you know, they they probably wanted it to be, and I don't know. I just, it, it feels different. It feels more like an event piece than a piece of film. Almost like, imagine if you got a really long film and then split it up oh, into different episodes and made it into a <laughs> TV show. This, this isn't a film. This isn't a film. This is a TV show. Well, that's my point. So, but I'm, you've got to judge it as a film because that's how it's been released. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't been released as a film. It's it's not been released in the cinema. It's as on a Sky film. Cinema. All right. It is presented as one. You it, it, when you click press, press play, it's four Does hours it say, long. I am a film. It's listed on IMDb as a film because it's four <laughs> okay. hours long. All right. It's okay. a film. It's shot. In, oh, it's the shot four, in three. four three. I couldn't get away with that I'm either. So, like it's so. We've lengthy. got a small enough television. I'm, we don't need it to be smaller. I'm not going to. I, I'm not someone who gets into like the the frame rates and things like that. And I'm not a film school buff or anything like that. But there are times when a film shot in four three, which is the old school sort of almost square frame rate. So the lighthouse, for example, was shot in four three and. I look at it and I go, I don't know why, but then I listen to reviews and people say, oh, yeah, that's the claustrophobia. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. This was made to be shown on an IMAX screen and it wasn't. And it never is going to be. Oh, you don't know that? Well, okay. Although, didn't they... I heard that they didn't shoot it in, with IMAX cameras. I'm, I'm just... So, I'm so pissed off I've, about I've, that. I've listened Piss to off. too many podcasts Piss about off, that. Zack Snyder. Oh, honey, don't well, say that. He's been through a terrible time. Yeah. And he's got to make his little film. And I'm really glad that he has, and I'm, I hope it's been quite cathartic for him. Mm, yeah. So it's obviously a really, really tough time. And yes. I don't think we need to go into what's happened, but 
Yeah, sure. There's a lot of emotion for him around yes. this film. There has to be. Don't make me watch four hours of it. With, without wanting to give you a heart attack, do you want to talk about the epilogue? <laughs> I think the epilogue is one of the worst things I've seen on film this century. Okay, your your love of hyperbole knows no end. <laughs> well, there's got to be worse things that you've seen on screen this century. Surely, I'm now trying to think of one thing, but I can't. Um, it does go on a bit. It really reminds me this film of um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where there's the, like coming together of the Amazons and the men and the the other people whose names I can't remember, but you've got all these disparate, yeah, the, uh, all these disparate yeah. groups coming together against a big baddie, yes, who you know you might as well call Sauron, and they're going to defeat him, and they're going to do. Then there's a there's a there were some boxes or something, you know, you've got all of those sort of elements of of ma- magical and mystical elements, and then they stick on five endings like they did with. Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy, which I felt was a bit much. Um, this, I really enjoyed it because it was mad. <laughs> and I think I just enjoyed the madness of what's he going to do next? What's going to be next? Which bits is he going to come up with? Oh, we're in a dream. Oh, we're not in a dream. Oh, we're on a boat. Who's that fellow with an eye patch? I think I um it I might have been very tired. That might have been the thing, but I liked it. I liked it in the same way that I liked the Icelandic lady singing for a long time and sniffing Aquaman's lovely jumper. That I thought was brilliant. As did you're you're breathing very heavily. Um, the bit where he's stood on the rock, Aquaman stood on the rocks. And the music, I think it's a Nick Cave song comes on, and the water's... It's very Snyder-esque. It's very... Um, oh, what's that other film that you did that begins with a W? Um, Watchmen. Thank you. I wanted to say Westworld, and it just wouldn't... Nothing would click in my mind. But watch it. It was very Watchmen. I think I just enjoyed the madness of it all. That's your opinion. <laughs> yes. And you're entitled to that. I am. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's good. But when, you know, certain people, I'm not going to spoil it, but when certain people I think we've spoiled pop it up, already. I think Zack Snyder spoiled it by putting it in the film. When certain people pop up in the epilogue and it was so bonkers, I just went with it in a ter- in terms of, well, you know, let's, let's see what's going on here then. <sighs> Right, so there's but three anyway, parts it's not the good. Yeah, it's not good, is it? One is the post-credit scene from the original cut, where Deathstroke, who is, I know he appeared before Deadpool, but he does appear, seem like the copied version of Deadpool. He does, name's, yeah. His name's Deathstroke. And he's he got wears little, a mask and the, the swords out the back. He's got those things out the back. His yeah. name's Slade Wilson as opposed to Wade Wilson. Oh I know they got there first. I know he's the original, but you can't look at that and go. See what you're trying to do there. Then we cut to a dream sequence where it's like Deathstroke is in the group yeah, of goodies, yeah, yeah. despite being a baddie four minutes before. I would, I'm going to spoil this, by the way. Oh, right, okay. I, I, We're going to put a big spoiler warning out. Okay. If you want. Spoil. Oh, all right. I'm angry about I this. I know, film. it's all right. Calm down a bit. Yeah. It's a spoiler warning, everyone, for this major part of Justice League. The walking through the desert, there's some apocalyptic events. It's like Superman's gone mad, hasn't he? Yeah. Because they say Lois Lane's died. Aquaman's also dead by this point, apparently. The very worst version of the Joker turns up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just awful. Uh, Jared he Leto. I mean, sending dead rats to his castmates. And... Well, not in this. This was in Suicide Squad. But I mean, st- still, yeah. yeah. It's equally, yeah, not a good look. Yeah, it is. It's a terrible version of the then, Joker. Then Ben Affleck turns around and says, "I'm gonna fucking kill yeah, you." Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't. That sounds oh, a bit I like I don't, I don't like that. Like but, no, but it was totally. It's out not of... that. It wasn't about. It just didn't sit right with yes. his character. Yeah, you can swear all you like, but and then it he just does. Oh, it was all a dream. Right. I mean, I remember turning to you during that and going, 
why is this film still running? What's happening? <laughs> what does that have? We put the yes. wrong bit on. It's like the deleted scenes were then playing, and then there's a bit where he wakes up. And it's it it must have been a reshoot because Ben Affleck looks totally different. Like he looks phys- so physically different. So the dream sequence is a reshoot. Oh, is it? This isn't a reshoot. Right. This was shot to be a moment with Green Lantern. Right. Appearing. But the studio said no. And so we have Martian Manhunter appearing, who makes a little appearance halfway through the film. I don't, I the don't film. know who this is. Not, I, I've heard of the name. Right. He appears halfway through the film, totally destroying the scene that was there before, because mm. it turns out he can... He, he can he shift can shape. Move in a different... It's like the Krulls, isn't it? Yeah. From What's it's... Um, from... Ah! Oh, um, that's Avengers as well, isn't it? The Krulls. Captain Marvel. That's it, yeah. Martha Kent turns up at Lois Lane's house, goes into the big backstory of how the skin now, and they've had to, the banks had to repossess the farm. And it's quite an emotional thing where two people who are clearly grieving Superman uh, connect with each other and... And then she leaves and she sends it to Martian Manhunter who does the worst, the world needs you too, Lois. No, they, <laughs> no, no, they don't. No, they don't at all. But she's buying people cups of coffee. It's very important. Yes. And then yeah. he turns up at the end. Then he turns up at the end. has a little chat with Batman. And then he goes, what's your name? And he says, oh, people call me a lot of things. No, no. No, they sorry, don't. No, sorry. Tell me what your name is. <laughs> And some people call me Martian Manhunter. And this is what we talked about the other week, where mm. it's a reveal to the audience rather than to Batman. Because Batman should have gone, and what do you call yourself? Because <laughs> no one likes someone who's given themselves a nickname. I think maybe enough of Justice League. I so, think maybe we bring it, bring it to a conclusion. I think it's better. I think it's a better piece of art. But if you want to ask me, do I, would I rather be bored and annoyed for two hours or bored and annoyed for four hours? I'll take the two hours every time. I don't think it's significantly better than the original one to justify watching a four-hour film. So you're not agreeing with all the five-star reviews that came out when it uh, when it first arrived? That was mad, wasn't it? I mean, people are entitled to their opinion. Yeah, yeah of course if, they are. If, if, if they got a lot out of it, yeah. then fair play to them. Mm. I didn't. Mm. I wholeheartedly didn't. And I will never watch that again. Okay. I, I get that. I get that <laughs> loud and clear. Don't worry, I'll never make you watch it again. You couldn't. No, I know, true. And to be fair, I mean, I I probably wouldn't stick it on either. I don't feel the need to go back and and see it. I don't think I'd get anything else from it at this point. Oh, well, what a lovely, happy moment to end on. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still reviewing how much I, that film annoyed me. Yeah, it, it Yes, I'm sorry, I need to get out of this little Yeah, get out of the, of the <laughs> But, yeah, so I think we're going to come back next week with a date night. Oh, yeah, you've just mentioned that to me, haven't you? You've, you've penciled one in because you said you've got a film. There is a new film coming out on Amazon oh, Prime that ooh. I'm waiting for, I've been waiting for for a year, virtually. Oh, good, because all the things are coming out now, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would urge you to stay away from reviews next Friday. Oh, right, <laughs> Cause okay, because it, is it going to be a... Mm-hmm. You need to know as little about this as possible. I okay. think people who are listening, certain people might be able to figure out what it's, what it's right. talking about. Okay. It's a big name film. It's by it's big name film. It stars an actor that you have seen things of and enjoyed. Oh, good. Although it, it does have comedic elements. So, oh no, yeah. not a comedy. You'll see. You'll I can't see. cope with a comedy love. You'll see. Okay. You'll see. Right. So yeah, we're going to come back with a date night. And I promise we'll be back sooner than we were last time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but please tune in if you are watching Line of Duty. Please tune in on Sunday nights for our Urgent Exit Required show. I mean, you don't have to stay up for the for the, the time when the podcast comes out because that tends to be quite late. But, you know, t- t- tune in on the Monday. Tune in on the Monday. You, if you want to lie in. For your walk to work, <laughs> yeah. or, which might just be going upstairs as most people are at the minute. Um, but, yeah. If you're not watching Line of Duty, please, please watch it. Well, um, uh, watch it from the beginning. Don't yes. just jump in now, otherwise you'll be very confused. Well, Where are we? That, hasn't yeah. <laughs> no, she hasn't. She watched the first series, and now she's come to the the latest series. Yeah. She did yeah. say it was a little bit confusing. I'm not surprised. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah, we're really enjoying doing it, and it's I mean it's it's a slog, and it's putting a lot of work into it, but it's so good fun. Yeah, it's really good fun. I think we're yeah we're really a lot of people have got in touch about it yeah, as well yeah yeah it's been done, lovely so that's really good so yeah and if you want to get in touch with anything that we've mentioned today please drop us uh, drop us a line we are on social media at the honeymoon pod on instagram and at the honeymoon pod on twitter dead easy yeah. both the same and you can also see my star rating for films on <laughs> letterboxd also at the honeymoon pod i love that we always mention the letterboxd account I love Letterboxd. Yeah, really, I do as well. It really helps yeah. me keep track of films. Yeah, I know, it's really cool. Mm. Um, so uh, please subscribe so it comes straight into your podcatcher of choice. I'm not comfortable with the term podcatcher. I know you're not. I looked at you I as soon as I said best, that. Probably the best word there is out yeah. there. And if you wouldn't mind dropping us a, a, a nice review, kind review, please, um, on Apple Podcasts as it is now or iTunes I don't know what we call it um, yes. it's one of those one of those things or wherever you wherever you get your podcast where you're able to do uh, reviews that would be lovely it helps people find us um, and it's ju- it's just nice for us really isn't it makes us smile and makes, nice makes us feel good <laughs> I don't care about people finding us I just want to <laughs> feel validated but yeah back with the date night next week and a line of duty on Sunday so we'll see you then see you later